Saving Endangered Species. Um, and this is where I've um, I've had her, you know, as a child. This has always kind of stuck by me because of when I was going to school uh, on the res, there was this teacher. She was uh, a white lady from New York, and she was like, well, back then she was old, but she was young compared to nowadays she was like 23 years old so she got her teaching degree or something and for whatever reason she came out to the navajo nation and she we had i had her in a third grade class and that's where i really she really made me aware of like um well made the class aware of like whales and the rainforests and um alaska the those um lemmings uh, and then what was this? the wolves? So she really, she really changed the way I thought about like animals. And now that I think about it, you know, that was, that was so cool because, um, in a way, even though, uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to do all I can to help people out. Mostly I wouldn't turn down a, a, an animal, you know? Especially the way humans are nowadays, I'm like, oh man, you know, I should be looking out for my fellow man more. But, you know, I feel I feel bad and sad when I see like a cat or a dog hit on the side of the highway cruising on the dirt roads, or, or um, you know, or if there's like a horse or a cow, and that's just more it, it bugs me, you know. I'm just like, man, I I wish I could save that animal, but you know, it just the way life is. You know, we had to just keep moving. But the one day, me and my mom, we were cruising to Ganado, and then um, I was driving, and uh, we were just enjoying the uh, the radio. They were playing music and whatnot. And I saw this bluebird. It was coming. Um, I, I was already going about 65, you know. And that bluebird, it flew down, and I always thought, oh, I wonder what it's like to hit a bird. Well, I guess last minute that bird made like a course correction because it saw that I was coming at it at a, to it at a different speed and angle that I heard it hit the grill. Oh man, I felt so I felt so shitty. I was like, man, I, it, it, to me it kind of felt like I hit like a, a person, you know. But I was like, man, I, oh, oh, I felt so I, I didn't like myself. I was like, damn, man. It's like, well, what could I have done if I slammed on the brakes? It would just made things worse. But anyways, so going back to endangered species, that's what this teacher had done, you know, made me more aware. So all this stuff that I'm doing, um, as far as a nonprofit goes, it it made me more aware that, uh, oh, oh, excuse me. It made me more aware of the way the world has used the coronavirus and the fear and all that. Um, to, to basically get rid of the way we eat things. And I remember seeing, um, on, on social media and I, I really didn't watch the news too much last year cause it, it just kind of, it was just bugging me and I was like, ah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to engage in your propaganda, but I didn't like the fact that they were getting rid of all that milk and um, all these chickens were being killed for no reason. They just like threw them away, incinerated them or something. And all that pork and beef and everything that everyone ate, they were saying, oh, the coronavirus has attacked it, you know, and it's unsafe. You must discard it. So, man, just trillions of gallons of milk and, and meat and everything that we used that we, that we kind of took for granted was all being thrown away. And I was like, what? 
So then it's like, what are we going to do now? Oh, well, you know, they're going to make synthetic meat. Now there's going to be meats made out of uh, meat-based products that are made off of uh, plants. And then there's also that synthetic meat where uh, Navo Pedro talked about this guy got a, a chicken nugget. Oh, no, no, it wasn't Navo Pedro. It was, a, it was this other person I talked to. He was saying that there was this guy who had a little lab. He also had a podcast, and he's like on YouTube. And he took that chicken nugget apart, and it was all synthetic. It wasn't real. It was just like made from different random things. I was like, oh, man, dude, you just had to ruin it for me. He goes, yeah, I know. I said, well, that's where this idea that hunger will always be like the ultimate equalizer for us. Because when we, before all this coronavirus stuff happened, I just watched um, Navajos going into town and they just fill up the restaurants, man. And my mom's like joining along with the rest of them. And she goes, Oh, let's go to a restaurant and eat. And I was like, nah, mom, let's, let's, let's just get the food and maybe I'll get you a burger or whatever you want. And then something to eat on the road back home and I'll cook you a homemade meal. And she was like, no, I want this over here. So, you know, it's, it's kind of hard because, you know, I don't want to really argue with an elder, but um, especially your mother. So that's where I noticed like a lot of Navajos just kind of like, they love to eat. And then at the same time, they, <laughs> they were kind of leaving crappy tips. So I always try to make up for it. And I always try to leave at least seven or $8 because, you know, everything's pretty high. It was getting pretty high expensive <laughs> from what we could, um, excuse me, from what we could, uh, see from back then. But anyways, so uh, another thing about these endangered species is they were finding out that fish were, a lot of them were becoming female and they just caught a lot of females. So that's kind of like overpopulating, you know, what the, uh, the ocean could provide, I guess. And in some ways, you know, if you're a fisherman, that's good for you. Cause you know, you, that's how you make your money. But what later on these, um, environmentalists, what they discovered was, when women take their birth control pills, um, I, you know, when they urinate that, um, all the little, the, the, the birth control pill, when it, when it breaks down in their body and it, you know, turns out to be pee and all that, it would go filter through the sewer system and it would come back out through their process and they clean it and all that. But the ones that went, that were lucky enough to <clears throat> escape the sewer system, they were, they would end up in the ocean. So these fish, they were also eating some of those, uh, um, birth control pills, which altered their DNA. And a lot of them became female. So they, they turned from male to female. So I don't know in terms of, uh, what fish these were, but, um, I did see a report on that and I was like, damn, so it's not that people are also hunting, you know, endangered species, but species are becoming endangered by overpopulating and using up the, all the resources they got. And every now and then you'll see like a video on YouTube or some, some show on television about like a lot of locusts coming through an area and eating up all the crops or a bunch of mice running through um, like a barn or you know, the, all these rodents and stuff like that, that's where, you know, there's, there's like an overpopulation. And then, um, so when 
we have all these animals, we overpopulate, then I could see now how that translates into how we're doing our Navajo grazing. Because if we have too much animals, they eat up a, a certain area. And, you know, animals are just like humans. They're always going to be hungry. And when they eat up all the natural resources, you know, it's either time to cut down the herd and butcher some of them or, you know, have them graze on someone else's land. And then that family gets mad and then there starts a new problem there. So um, as, as far as endangered species go, I really don't think that um, I really don't think natives really hunted, you know, these creatures to extinction. Oh yeah, well everybody knows that. What the hell am I trying to say? Um, I guess what I, what I was trying to say was um, if there is endangered species, hopefully whatever's left over we, we can still save. And the other one, uh, the other type of species that I think of is uh, bees. Now they say bees are starting to disappear slowly. There's like all kinds of... Um, all kinds of reasons why bees are dying. It's the change of the environment. It's like people ruining them. And uh, I heard this one report where these uh, teenagers they were they re- they went into a bee bee farm uh, where, where all the beehives are, and they kicked them. They knocked them down, and you know they ran off. And I, I guess it was caught on camera, but still, you know, it's like damn, that's. Uh, I wish <laughs> I wish I could put my hands around those kids' neck like uh, Homer and Bart Simpson, you know. It's like, don't do that, man. What the hell? Just leave them alone. Let them do their thing. And yet, here we are as humans overpopulating, and, you know, that's where you can kind of see how the coronavirus was trying to trying to be that one thing that changed everything. But when it finally came down to it, there really wasn't enough deaths, uh, unless you look at India, but you know, that's, that, uh, that's another subject we'll cover later. And then, uh, I think it was also last year or two years ago when the Amazon rainforest caught fire. Oh man. I was, I was just thinking about all them poor animals just being burned up and, um, you know, cause they can't outrun the fire, especially like a sloth and poor sloth probably got burnt up and fell down. And so anyways, all that, as far as, um, endangered species go, the illegal hunting is, I don't know if that's exactly more the, the main reason why a lot of these endangered species are going out, or is it because we're trying to make our lives better by going to a wildland area and starting to build complexes and cities and, and stuff like that. They're invading the animals homes and they're like, uh, you know, they got nowhere else to go. So they, you know, that's why you'd see like mountain lions and bears coming to these neighborhoods and people freaking out. And, but at the same time, to me, that would make sense why these cryptoids would be hanging around because humans, uh, for the most part, they're just greedy, man. They'll just, take anything they see and anything they want they just take it and take it and and like i said navajos are no different you know when the restaurants were open the one thing that really bugs me was i would when golden corral was open i take my mom over there and i would look at you know the food and when we'd get there i look at the other tables where people had left and there's still food there man i was like what the hell i see like a whole a chicken a drumstick 
a chicken drumstick hasn't even been touched hasn't even been eaten it's just right there discarded with like a whole bowl full of macaroni i'm like come on people really i was like well hopefully they'll learn a lesson one day when they're starving so when i go when i used to go take my mom to um golden corral i would just get like one scoop of everything and then just sit there and enjoy it and the other thing i noticed that i was doing too much was I'd always have a soda, 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 soda. So when I'd be walking out of uh, Golden Corral, I'd just be like hawking up all this, you know, jay and loogie and all this stuff. So what I started doing was drinking water. And oh man, that really helped out a whole lot. I could taste the food. I really paced myself, you know, the portion size. It was, I made sure I got my money's worth and I pretty much ate everything, but I did it with like small portions. And then when I left, I was satisfied because I wasn't hawking all over the place and getting rid of all those boogers. But then I would hear all these other Navajos walking out and they're like, you know, just spitting everywhere. And I was like, damn, is that what we've become? Really? And I was like, damn, that's that's sad, man. That's, that's terrible. And just one more final thing I wanted to add was portion size. Um, if you have never been overseas before, this is, would be kind of different for you, but some places the portion size is so small because the in that country, that's you know that's what's normal. And America has always had like abundance of food. That's why a lot of people would like to come over. It's a lot. Of, it's like it's one of the many reasons. But when I was uh, overseas in the military, we went to a couple of restaurants or stuff like that when we had like a, a four day pass. <clears throat> and um that's where we we did get small portion size but these people knew we were Americans so because we were trying to wear civilian clothes not to show that we're military because there's also a threat of terrorism they take you and all that stuff so um that's where we had to kind of I was looking at it, I was like wow you know I ate it but I was still hungry you know I was like damn and then when we got back to the military base camp I went to that dining facility, man, it was just like so much food. And I was like, oh, shit. And even the local Kosovo people that were lucky enough to be hired by the United States government to work as a cook, you know, they, they enjoyed it. And then there was like other um, soldiers from other countries, you know, uh, Germany, Fran uh, France, England and Spain, I mean, all these other countries, they'd come over and Man, you could just see them just munching away like they never had food like that before. So we do have it good. It's just that, you know, we got to learn our portion size. And that is what I was thinking could also be contributing to endangered species. You know, what are we going to do after everything that we've, that we love to eat chicken and beef and pork? And, you know, that's if you're a meat eater, you know, what if all that's gone? It's going to be replaced by synthetic stuff and, and plants and, your body's going to be like, yeah, that's okay, but, you know, I want the real stuff. And then people might come to the res and say, let's go take all these Navajos, sheep, and goats. You know, they ain't doing with anything with them. You know, we'll buy it off them, $1,000 each. And Navajos will be like, oh, yeah, give me that $1,000 so I can run to town and get me a new truck. <laughs> okay, whatever, man. But uh, there's still more to say about this. I just don't want to – I just kind of want to establish a base of – why I want to talk about endangered species and some of these are the contributing factors that I've that I've kind of came to the conclusion that that's where a lot of this is coming from so 
other than that, you know, let's go look out for our animal, our animal friends, our animal buddies, our, our, our chays and all that. Our chays and my sons, they were here before us, so let's give them some respect and try to protect them when we can. But other than that, we will visit, revisit this subject later on and we'll talk more. You know, I'd like to get someone else's point of view on it rather than just mine and... If somebody feels passionate about it, you know, we'll definitely do, you know, dedicate a whole episode to it and, and break it down in different sections. But okay, let's move on to the next subject. 